Hey, it's Sarah here. Because of recent news, we're going to recirculate Aaron's very timely interview with Mark Cameron of Clean Prosperity, breaking down the ins and outs of carbon pricing, from how CO2 emissions are measured to how a carbon tax is enforced to where the money ends up. Hope you enjoy it. I'm Aaron Reynolds, and you're listening to Explain Like I'm Five on the 2020 Network, brought to you by Interact. For Canadians, paying with Interact Debit is synonymous with access to your own money. In 2018, Canadians made over 6 billion Interact Debit transactions, the equivalent of 160 per person. Interact Debit is accepted at nearly 500,000 businesses across Canada and growing. Learn more at newsroom.interact.ca. I like to think that I'm an intelligent guy, but I know more about Captain America than I know about cap and trade, and that's kind of a problem. And so that's why I'm inviting really smart people into the studio to explain things to me like I'm five. A day does not go by without me seeing a headline about carbon pricing. And I know this has something to do with getting businesses to reduce carbon emissions, to combat climate change, but that's all I know. So I've invited Mark Cameron, Executive Director of Canadians for Clean Prosperity, in to explain some some stuff to me. Uh, Thanks for being here, Mark. Good to be here. Um, So when I think of, you know, uh, carbon emissions, my first thought is of the cartoon factory with the smokestack and the, you know, the big black plume of of smoke. Um, That's that's not the reality of what we're talking about, is it? Well, it's at most half the reality. About half of emissions are industrial emissions. Okay. And so let's talk about that. What, What are, first of all, like just what are carbon emissions? And then where do we, where do we find them? Sure. Well, when we talk about carbon emissions, we're not just talking about carbon. We're talking about greenhouse gases, which are gases that have the effect of trapping heat in the atmosphere and increasing temperature, the most important of which is carbon dioxide. But there are several other greenhouse gases like chlorofluorocarbons and methane and others. But carbon dioxide is the most important. Uh, so carbon dioxide is a pro- is uh, emitted from all kinds of processes. Of course, it's emitted when we breathe. It's emitted in all kinds of industrial processes, especially from burning hydrocarbons like coal and gasoline and oil and so on. Okay, so really we would then see these kinds of emissions in anything that's using coal, gasoline, uh, anything else? Natural gas, okay. any fossil fuel. Okay, okay, any fossil fuels. And so then... Practically, where do we see them? You said about half of them are industrial, like like manufacturing, that kind of stuff? or Sure. Uh, manufacturing, uh, coal-fired electricity or natural gas-fired okay. electricity generation, uh, the processes involved in uh, drilling oil or mining oil sands, uh, it, it, and you know a whole bunch of other industrial processes like making cement and things like that okay. and produce CO2. And so is that really like, is it is it anything where... Energy is expended, really, or like is there? No, no. There's lots of processes where energy is expended without carbon dioxide being released. I mean, okay. if you've got a hydro dam or nuclear power plant, there's no carbon dioxide involved in the process. Right. So it's then... anything where fossil fuels are combusted. Okay. So it's it really has to do with the source of the of the energy. That's correct. Okay. 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 So when we're talking about this, this is really this is. Would it be fair to say, in a nutshell, that this is about relying less on fossil fuels? Uh, that's the most important part of it. There are okay. other there are other issues other as well, we but that's okay. you know seventy five percent of it is fossil fuel emissions. Okay, okay, um, and so 
you said that half of it is industrial. What's the other half? The other half is you and me. The other half is when we uh, drive our cars, when we heat our houses, usually with natural gas, uh, and you know lots of other things we do in our in our day to day life: our, our lawnmowers, our barbecues, etc. Okay, um, and what is the the shortest version of the impact that? that these emissions have on on our, our world? Why are we concerned about this right. stuff? Well, because as I said, these greenhouse gases uh, have the effect of trapping some of the sun's radiation in the atmosphere uh, when, it, when it bounces back. It's basically captured by the greenhouse gases, which is why it's called a greenhouse effect. It's right. like a greenhouse that captures heat from the, from the sun. Uh, so, you know, there is a natural carbon cycle that, that the earth has with, with, with uh, trees and, you know, people and animals breathing out carbon dioxide and trees and plants breathing in carbon dioxide and breathing out oxygen. But because of industrial processes, we are adding to the, car- the carbon content in the atmosphere. Right. So essentially we're... We're producing more of it than the system was designed to hold. Is that basically that's right? Yeah. Okay. Um, So the idea of pricing these emissions, I want to kind of dive into that because my first instinct is that we would just say, companies, this is important, produce produce less. Right. People, this is important, produce less. Um, Why why a pricing system? Well, I think carbon dioxide, unlike some other forms of pollution, like say mercury pollution or sulfur dioxide, right. that it, you know, if they get into the atmosphere in the local atmosphere, they have really bad health effects. Carbon dioxide is not like that. It's you know an invisible odorless gas goes all around the world, uh, and over a long period of time has a negative effect. Right. But there are lots of things that are, you know, carbon dioxide is really important. Like it's really important to be able to drive drive your car, heat your house. So there's a trade-off. There's a cost and there's a benefit. So so pricing is probably the better way of getting at it rather than straight regulation. No more of this. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a really interesting point about sort of the invisibleness and the long-termness of it because that does make it hard to conceptualize and it makes it hard to... Uh, hard to really see the impact on your life in the way that um, bags of garbage piling up in front right. of your house are, you know, are, are a clear problem. Right. Uh, okay. Um, so I'm going to get into like the nuts and bolts of of how pricing works, but is it is this like a carrot system or is this a stick system? Well, it can be both. Okay. Uh, it, it, there can be, you know, there can be a carrot and a stick. The stick is you put a price on on carbon use, uh, particularly in the ways that you can get at it pretty easily, like burning fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. But you can, if you raise money using that process, you can then use that money to create carrots, with either consumer rebates or, uh, you know, subsidizing certain technologies. Or there, you can have carrots and sticks. Right. So yeah, consumer rebates, that one uh, really resonates for me because um, uh, I think I've talked about him on this show before, but my, my uncle Richard lives in San Diego and he um, took advantage of a series of tax breaks and like home improvement um, tax credits to cover his roof with solar panels 
and buy himself an electric car. Yeah. And so he is both reducing uh, his his uh, emissions, but also, um, more importantly to him, he's saving himself a ton of money without having to outlay as much in the first place. And so that was... Um, that was that's is that what we're looking at when we're talking about consumer rebates or well, well that would be a, a targeted rebate for yeah. like buying specific products like mm-hmm. an electric car or solar panels but you right. can also just do general consumer rebates uh, where you know like this new program that the government has announced where they're going to send everybody money to basically make up for the money that that they would be putting out uh, for carbon pricing right okay so let's 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 talk about that for a second. Is the idea that you're getting a rebate back because you might be spending more on uh, on a, a, like a, a manufactured good because it costs more because there is uh, because the company is paying a penalty for the amount of carbon that they're emitting? Is well, that... that would be a part of it. There will be some okay. some costs that are passed on through manufactured goods or you know, your grocery bill or whatever. So manufacturers and producers will pass on some of their carbon costs to consumers. Right, but. The biggest part is going to be the fossil fuel use that you have. So right. when you put gasoline in your car, when you pay your your uh, heating bill at the end of the month, those are the those are the carbon costs that you'll see most directly. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so that kind of begs the question: if people are going to get a rebate and gets get the, essentially the money back that they were paying in taxes on you know on say the the fuel for their cars, then where is the incentive to use less? Okay, well, it's important to understand that the rebate is not for your individual carbon use. The rebate is the same to everybody. It's equal per capita. So, so the, really the question is, are, if you're using less carbon than the average, then oh, you're saving you're money. you're getting more money back. You're getting more money back. Okay. And if you're using more, you're not getting back as much as... Uh, that's, that's right. So, ah, so, excellent. So basically, the, the incentive to reduce comes from seeing the higher price, uh, but the, the rebate means that no one's going to be worse off financially, at least on average. Right. Is carbon pricing a thing that we see in different countries? Yeah, there's quite a few countries that have some form of carbon pricing. I think about half of the world's economy now has some form of carbon pricing. Okay. And when did this start being a thing that countries did? I think the earliest systems were probably the European trading system, uh, which started in the uh, 90s, I believe. Uh, the idea has been around since since the 1980s, okay. uh, and in, in the late 90s, it started being implemented and has expanded around the world since then. Okay, and when did it come to Canada? Well, British Columbia and Quebec uh, had carbon pricing back around 2007, 2008. Okay, so so a, like about a decade. Yeah, it was, and and it slowly then has spread across. And is it a province by province thing, or is it a federal thing? Right now, it's province by province. So right now, four provinces, well, I guess three provinces, uh, four provinces had carbon pricing: uh, Quebec, BC, Alberta, and Ontario. Right. But Ontario, of course, uh, scrapped its carbon pricing system. So there's there's carbon pricing. Right. And there's also a, there's is cap and trade a different thing? Cap and trade is a kind of carbon pricing. There are really two main forms of carbon pricing. There's a carbon tax or cap and trade. Okay. And so what does a carbon tax look like? A carbon tax generally means that when you have uh, fossil fuel emissions, that there is a direct tax placed on that based on the amount of fossil fuel or the amount of carbon content in the fossil fuel. Okay. So coal, gasoline, natural gas, 
airplane fuel, all those things are taxed based on the, on the amount of carbon emissions they have. Okay, that makes sense. That I can that I can get my head around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what's cap and trade then? Cap and trade is more complicated. Cap and trade means that companies are given a cap, uh, or or there's a cap on the whole on the whole economy of how much carbon can be emitted. Right. And if you're a company, you have to buy an allowance in order to be able to uh, to uh, produce emissions. Okay, okay. And then there is an auction among all the companies in the market uh, for uh, where they where they basically compete to buy the right to emit. Uh, and that's what sets the price, the sort of the auction the auction process where companies okay, are okay. are bidding against each other. So there's the idea is that there is a limited amount of emission that we will just tolerate. That's correct. And then everybody has to be in a marketplace to buy the amount that they think their company needs. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's almost like it makes me think of like spectrum from broadcasting. From yeah, it's TV very or radio very similar. There's, a, there's a, so much spectrum. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. a limited quantity, and companies compete to buy their share of that right. limited quantity. There were only so many analog TV channels, and so it was a competition to get one. Okay, but of course, there's there will be companies then that emit more than their you know purchased amount. Right. And what happens with that? Well, there's a, they can either buy additional. Uh, allowances from someone else. Maybe right. there's another company that emitted, overbought, overbought right. emitted less, so they can buy from them. Mm-hmm. And then, if they still produce more, then there's got to be some sort of enforcement mechanism where the government comes in and says, "Okay, you know, you have to pay triple if I, the, the price because you right, you, you violated you went over yeah. the thing." Okay, yeah. so it has to be like a fairly punitive kind, yeah. of, but it'll be a financial penalty. Yeah. Um, so if I'm understanding this right. Uh, in a carbon tax, the government is putting a, uh, a specific dollar value on, uh, uh, not on the emission themselves, but on the thing that would cause the emission, like the fuel or yeah, the, well, the they, source. They put a price on on the emission, so $20 a ton of carbon, okay. that breaks down to about four and a half cents for a liter of gasoline or $1.50 for a gigajoule of, of uh, natural gas. Right. And then they charge that $1.50 on the on the gigajoule of, of natural gas rather than trying to measure the, the carbon right. output afterwards. Is that right? right? Okay. Because right. I was thinking, is there like a carbon meter on the side of the business the way there's a hydrometer on yeah. the house? No. Okay. And in the other system... It's a marketplace and an auction, and so the price is essentially set by the businesses. Yeah, they're set by the, the, the businesses at, at the auction. So right. the, the government would usually set up the auction, but then all the businesses bidding, like in your example, the Spectrum bid, would, right. uh, would set the price. Okay. Okay. And so where does the money go from uh, – does the money go to the same place from those two systems? It can, and that's you know that's the – Billion dollar question is where does the money go? Right. Uh, you, you can either do what's called a revenue neutral carbon tax, or you could do revenue neutral cap and trade if you wanted, which means take <clears throat> take the money and use it to reduce other taxes or send back to consumers and businesses. Right. Okay. The other option is use the money or part of the money to. Uh, Buy other emissions reductions, or invest in new technology, or you know, offer subsidies for right. things like electric vehicles. Got it. So, got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And where are we as a country with that? Because in the there are you said there's three three provinces currently doing um, uh, a some kind of uh, carbon tax. Right. Um, what are they doing with the money? So they're doing a mix of things. Uh, 
BC has or had until very recently a purely revenue neutral carbon tax. So okay. all the money raised is sent back to households or businesses. They reduce corporate taxes, personal taxes, and sent rebates to lower income households. Um, they've changed that a little bit, but that's still generally true in BC. Okay. Alberta is doing a mix. So they're sending rebates of $500 to households earning up to about $90,000 a year. Uh, so covering lower middle income households mm-hmm. and they cut the small business rate by 1%, but they're also putting a lot of money into different environmental programs and transit and technology and other things. And, and uh, Quebec is putting most of the money into technology and other environmental programs. Okay. Okay. Volkswagen was recently found to be falsifying emissions data on their diesel cars. Are we worried about somebody trying to game this system? Well, not really, because what Volkswagen was uh, falsifying the <coughs> emissions data for their vehicles, but we still know the amount of carbon that was that was emitted because you know all those vehicles were buying diesel, and the the amount of diesel being purchased right. is tracked. Right. So, so they were they were you know lying about how much a Volkswagen emits, but we still know how much carbon was emitted from the diesel purchases. That makes sense. And so that's why we want to, that's why these are targeted at the the source of the energy rather than at trying to measure the outcome afterwards. Right. So, okay. Okay. All right. Um, so how does enforcement work? Is there like, um, are there the the emissions police? Well, say when, when it comes to fossil fuel emissions, it's pretty simple because, uh, you, you know, companies keep track of how much coal they burn, how much right. oil they oil they burn, how much gas they burn. And there are taxes on all those things. Even before you had carbon taxes, there were excise taxes on all these different fuel sources. Right. So there's pretty good tracking systems in place for fossil fuel use. Uh, there are other things. I said uh, fossil fuel use is about 75% of the problem. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other 25%, it's trickier to measure some of those things, like how much methane comes off your municipal garbage dump and things like that. Right. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the 75%, it's pretty cut and dried. Okay, okay. And in the cap and trade version of this, it's just like is somebody's keeping an eye out for having gone over? Is that the- Yeah, it, cap and trade is trickier to keep track of because you have to keep track of how much individual companies have emitted, right. whether they've gone over their limit. Right. And then you have to you have to decide what the cap is going to be in the first place. And yes. then under most cap and trade systems, companies get a certain number of free allowances that they don't have to pay for. They're just giving them free by the government. Right. So there is you know lobbying at all those points. And people are saying, well, we think the limit should be 10% higher. Or right. you know, my industry, we need, we need more free allowances because we've got special industrial processes that are more carbon intensive. Right. So you end up with a lot of negotiation and uh, you do end up with more gaming of the system under cap and trade than I think is possible under a carbon tax. That makes sense. Um, and so um, what then is the attraction of cap and trade? Well, the attraction of cap and trade is that you know uh, pretty precisely how much carbon is going to be emitted, uh, but you don't necessarily know what the price is going to be. But you do have a limit, so you know right, it's going to be one hundred okay. megatons next year in Ontario. Uh, yeah, under- that, actually, that does that makes a lot of sense because the idea of uh, of just taxing it is a company that that wants to can just pay more. That's right. And with cap and trade, we're saying you know this is the hard line. We're trying not to emit more than this. Therefore, this is the amount that we're going to allow into the yeah. system. Okay, okay, that that does make sense to me. What is our hoped for 
outcome in this. The, the hope for outcome is that, that companies emit less, that people use less. Is that the idea? Yeah. I mean, if you're saying, if by we, you mean Canada, yeah. uh, you know, we've committed to reducing our carbon emissions by 30% uh, by 2030. So okay. it's hoped that by putting a price on carbon, that companies and individuals will use less carbon and will achieve achieve those emissions reductions right. targets. We'll seek like alternate ways to that are perhaps more expensive, but maybe aren't as expensive as the fossil fuel plus the tax. Is that the idea? Yeah, the, the idea is that we'll shift to uh, you know less emissions intensive uh, ways of of you know. Doing the things that we want to do, so companies will find come up with new industrial processes to make cement or steel that use less carbon. Right. We will shift from you know, coal, which is highly carbon intensive, to natural gas, which is less carbon intensive, or to renewables or you know hydro or nuclear that are non carbon intensive. Uh, when it comes to electricity, or we will sw- switch our vehicles from uh, you know to more fuel efficient vehicles, or to electric vehicles, or hybrid vehicles that have you know, less emissions. So mm-hmm. at every stage, the price will encourage us to reduce emissions. And are we are we getting there? I think we're getting there uh, slowly, but the evidence is that. Uh, carbon pricing has had an effect. Uh, it had an effect in British Columbia. There was a reduction of between five and fifteen percent in uh, mm. emissions, and about nineteen percent in fossil fuel use in, in the first five years of the tax being in place when it, right. when the price was going up. Uh, it's you know it's gone up a bit since then. There's been more emissions coming out of British Columbia, but the calculations are still less emissions than it would have been without the carbon without tax. The, without the taxes, okay. Well, that's good news at least. Um, if people want to know more, where can they find you online? So we're at cleanprosperity.ca. Uh, that would be the best place to find out more. Oh, fantastic, Mark! Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Fast, safe, and reliable, Interac eTransfer is one of the best ways to send requests and receive money. In fact, Canadians used the service to complete 371 million transactions in 2018. That's nearly 11 times the population of Canada. Learn more at newsroom.interact.ca. 